Hey guys, thanks for tuning into this week's episode. Just a quick disclaimer here. I had the wrong mic on, so I apologize in advance for the terrible audio. It sounds like I'm talking through a phone, through another phone, through a third phone that's in a can that's in space. So um, we got it to the point where we can hear it. So um, again, apologize in advance and uh, enjoy the show. From the time of Alexander the Great, air breathers have been fascinated by the world beneath the waves. And humans aren't the only ones to figure out how to hang out underwater. The water anole uses a special technique to stay hidden when predators come sniffing that scientists still haven't entirely figured out yet. But being elusive, mysterious, and resourceful is the name of the survival game here in Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information, and I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for our new theme song. Hear more of Cassie's music by searching Cassie Michelle on YouTube. And today we're talking about a familiar-looking lizard with an unfamiliar, amazing ability. Yeah, I love our new theme song. It's so chill, but mysterious. This is the kind of music that yes. I listen to all day at work. Yeah, the chill hop. Yeah, chill hop lo-fi synth stuff it's it's great it's so relaxing. it does it gives me some stranger things vibes too which i like that's what got me interested in that music genre in the first place i was like i like i like the stranger things uh intro music so what if i could just listen to that i like the chill wave stuff and i like the synth wave stuff and then one of cassie's videos had that vibe and i'm like this would be a good theme song so and she did it so go listen to her Yes, go do that. We're talking about the water anole. The best anole. I've heard it said anole. I've heard it said anole. Uh, and since Coyote Peterson said anole, the the current pope of animals. <laughs> this is... Sure. Uh, <laughs> then he is. Uh, he, he. We're going with an anole. He's the uh, he's the American Steve Irwin. Yeah, I mean. Steve Irwin's kids are probably still the Steve the Steve Irwin of everywhere else. Yeah, they, but... they've got vibrant and thriving Instagram presences, and they're very good. But I just I get that vibe from Coyote Peterson, where he's like a big animal nerd. Yeah, and he's always wearing like the the explorer outfit, and he he's not afraid to like dig his hands into some crevice to grab something or get bit by something. I always like how, like, in his videos, they'll be, like, traipsing through the wilderness. And he's always going as fast as possible. <laughs> like, they were on an urgent mission. They're, he's running <laughs> through the rainforest. The poor camera guy. <laughs> tripping over snakes the whole time. But enough about coyotes. We're talking about lizards. Yes. The water anole. But we're going to call it here. Uh, Newman's Nightmare, which I'll explain later. Okay. Rango Unchained. It's a, <laughs> okay. a bit of a stretch. And The Lizard of Oxygen. 
<laughs> the wonderful lizard of oxygen. I'm pretty proud of that one. Uh, but here is the binomial name. I mean, we'll we'll get to that. We're gonna talk talk tecton te, te, tectonic <laughs> plates. We're gonna talk taxonomy. <laughs> te, 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 tactile tectonic plates. Uh, the kingdom is one that you know, love, and are in. The kingdom Animalia. The phylum Chordata. The class Reptilia. The Hun. Uh, the order is Squamata. We've done this before. Yeah, what's what's Squamata with you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, the suborder is Iguania, lizards. The family is Dac Dactyloidae. Oof. Dactyloidae. Dactyloidae. Yeah, that sounds right. The genus is Anolis. There, it's an anole. Yep. That's what those are. And then the species is uh, Aquaticus. Water. It's a water anole. But, yep. It's exactly what it is. Anolis Aquaticus. We see. I see anoles all the time. Yeah. Um, but not this one, for sure. Yes. Well, would you like me to describe it? Nope. I want you to uh, take part you in want, my you favorite. Want to just go ahead and skip that. No, I, I want you to take part in my favorite part of the show. Okay. You know what? what part of the show that is and it's not it's not your the description oh i thought it was the description it's not measure up it's not it's not the intro it's c c critter groups part of the show where i ask you a question and that question is the same every time what is the name of the collective noun for this animal what's the name of a group of this animal or what is the term of venery it's all the same thing we're talking about lizards because i couldn't find one for anoles um, and I don't think we've done lizards before. The last lizard we did, did we did we didn't do critter groups. So this is a first. If you saw a group of lizards, would you say, is, "Hey, that is a pretty sweet a parade of lizards, b lounge of lizards, c pouch of lizards, or d scurry of lizards?" It's a lounge of lizards. Is Final it? answer. Final answer? Yeah. Ding, ding, ding. How did We've you done know this that? before. Oh, we have we? Yeah, because I remember Remember, I said the reason I thought of it was because there's a, a woman on the internet who has figured out how to, a way to like rub lizards' bellies so that they fall asleep or go catatonic. And then she poses them in different positions. And I remember one of them is like a lounge chair, a beach lounge chair. So I thought lounge. That which one? Which, which one? Which episode did we do? Is it the morning gecko? gecko? The morning gecko? No, what wasn't it? I mean, it's not a lizard. I probably would have found geckos. It is a lizard. I mean, yeah, I guess. In the same way, like a toad is a frog. But all right, well, good job. I I, <laughs> I feel I feel like I've deprived everyone because we've done this one already. I should have found something else. Or at I least was... a different name for it. I was very attracted to Parade. It's not alliterated. Lounge of Lizards, that's perfect. That's too perfect. It's suspicious. <laughs> I realized that as I was saying it. I was like, oh, this is the only one that has alliteration. It might make it stand out a little bit more. but It made it stand out in the wrong way, but I feel like I I know this already. Yeah, you, over, you overcame it with the, uh, the power of knowledge. <laughs> All right, so now that we've gotten that out of the way, now that my favorite part is over, <laughs> uh, you can go ahead and describe the animal to us. All right, let's describe this thing. 
Uh, Anoles come in a variety of colors, and they can actually even change colors based on mood, activity, light levels, and especially stress. Uh, as you uh, you pointed the same thing out for chameleons that they don't apparently they don't change colors based on their surroundings, or at least the evidence for that is lacking. But we don't, and it's possible there's there's mixed evidence that they change colors based on temperature, but it seems to be based on stress especially and other other things they're little mood rings so maybe it helps them hide because they go into dark little crevices when they're stressed and then that makes them turn brown or something you know yeah or well or they're when they're stressed out they turn green because they're usually on a leaf one or the other um water anoles have a brown and light mottled stripe pattern that helps them blend in with lichen that grows in their moist environments. I wrote most environments. <laughs> most or moist. It is, the, the, it other. is the water anole. <laughs> Male anoles have <laughs> dewlops. <laughs> I wrote dunlops. <laughs> what is a dunlop? Isn't that, Isn't that where is, Shrek goes? That's uh, dewlock. Is the name of the Dunlop? Yeah, Dunlop is the name of like a, like a, um, like a power tools brand, I think. <laughs> That's Dupont. What? <laughs> no, yeah. What? So wait, what is this called? A dewlap. Do dewlap? Okay, yeah. It's this cartilage skin flap that flares out, or can lay flat against their throat. Uh, dewlaps often come in bright colors that contrast. The color of their bodies, uh, green. Like for instance, green anoles have a pink dewlap. A lot of lizards and, have these, and water anoles have orange and purple dewlaps. So that's fun. So the these are uh, the their general body shape is extremely familiar to Floridians. Yeah, because they're everywhere. And then they just have this neck sail. They they extend out. Yeah. We have brown ones, mostly. Brown and light tan and some green ones. Yeah, but now we have this... Well, I don't live in South Florida anymore, but in South Florida, there's the the curly-tailed lizards that that eat the anoles. So, they're now the, uh, before I left, I was just seeing tons of curly-tailed lizards everywhere, and I stopped seeing the smaller anoles. Yeah, I've seen... Invasive species. They like to crawl into my porch area, which is screened in, but they find a way in because I think the bigger ones can't get in there. So the anoles are in my porch pooping on the ground, which is fun. Good for them. Uh, I put out... I look for, like, ways to deter anoles and lizards and stuff from coming in. It's to buy, said, buy, sprinkle, buy a crow? <laughs> no, they said sprinkle cayenne pepper huh. on the ground. But they, I just the other day saw one sitting in a pile of cayenne pepper, just enjoying the sunlight and having not a care in the world. <laughs> so, Lapping it up, <laughs> putting it on his invertebrates. Ooh, spicy. Sp- spicy June bugs. What, are you ready for the best part of the description, the beloved Measure Up segment? Sure. I could t- I, I'll, I'll take one. 
I'll take it. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to the Beloved Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show. The part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send in an audio of yourself saying, singing, or chittering the words measure up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. Have you given up on trying to say that all in one breath? I just forgot. <laughs> I feel like that was pretty quick, though. It was pretty quick. We do have a new Measure Up intro this week. Nice. From Elizabeth. Our friend Elizabeth. Our friend Elizabeth, uh, wife of Andrew, who we mentioned last week because he has a peanut allergy. And we were talking about George Washington Carver. Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, Lay it on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do your best impression of it. No. Uh, without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. Boisterous and nasally. It was boisterous. Yeah, it was. I liked it. There was there were other people involved. It was a group effort. It was a group after, effort. There, at least there was support in the background. Yeah, it's, it's supporting cast. Awesome. That was a. I'm pumped. Now. Enthusiastic. I am pumped. That was definitely enthusiastic. Thank, thank you, Elizabeth. Let's talk. Oh, before we get into it, uh, also our old pal, uh, some rando, also known as Mindset Reframed said that he liked the intro. He said it was perfect. Nice. Uh, the intro music. Uh, so thanks. Thanks, Summer, uh, for your input. Go, go listen to Cassie. And thanks, Cassie, for for creating the music in the first place. Yeah. Let's talk about the length of male anoles in general. We're talking general anoles, this, the, the family in the family that make up anoles. So, in general, they are four uh, and eight centimeters, or 1.5 to 3 inches. Some species, like the night anole, uh, can reach up to 7 inches, and other species can be as small as just 1 inch. Is it night as in dark, dark, dark time? Or uh, or as in the dark ages? As in the dark ages ages and beyond uh so let's call it three inches how many anoles go into the height of costa rica's largest volcano the irazu volcano not another mountain height one well here is an actually helpful hint i think maybe uh the volcano's largest active crater is 900 feet or 275 meters deep okay so there's also a lake in one of these craters that's so rich in minerals that it can change colors from green to red, much like some anoles. Although I don't know if they can turn red. Green I've never green. seen a red one. Yeah, green to red. But they can change colors. All right, so I know it's at least 900 feet deep. The crater goes below the, the root of the mountain. I suppose that is possible and makes it way more unhelpful of a hint. <laughs> Volcanoes do yes. release magma <laughs> from the earth. Is it technically, yes, the hole in a volcano is deeper than, is t- taller than the mountain. But we're talking crater. We're not talking about a lava column. I mean, 900 feet is not that tall for a volcano anyway. So that would be a pretty small volcano if it if that, if it was if the crater was deeper than than that. Let's go with um, 18,000 feet. Okay. Because it's because that's. 
I, I that's half of what I I'm pretty sure Mount Everest is. So that sounds pretty good to me. And we're what is what is the measurement that we're going with with the uh, three inches? Three inches. Does he eighteen hundred? Yes. No, eighteen thousand feet is what I meant okay. to say. Sorry. 18... For some reason, that's what I figured. Yeah, yeah. It's, no, yeah. Eighteen thousand feet. Eighteen hundred feet is nothing. It's a that's a foothill. Um, <laughs> all right. So eighteen thousand times twelve to get the inches is two hundred sixteen thousand divided by three. And that's not yes seventy two thousand. Yes, that sounds. The math is right. The uh, the estimation is probably way off, but we're gonna go with it. Seventy two thousand annuls going to the height of Costa Rica's tallest mountain with the cool minerals. Oh, tallest volcano. Sorry. Uh. Okay. Final answer? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay, the correct answer is 42,900 annuls. Oh, boy, so this is a, this is a, a tiny volcano. The volcano is 11,260 feet. Oh, it's cute. Or 3,432 <laughs> meters high. Interesting. So, yeah, uh, you went higher than normal. Usually you underestimate. Yeah, usually, like, what is a volcano? Like, it's like... 500 feet, right? That's really tall. <laughs> I, I, that would be, I would not want to fall from that height, so we'll go with that. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want to fall off of a mountain, wouldn't want to fall off 500 feet. That's how big mountains <laughs> That's are. That's how big mountains <laughs> are. <laughs> um, let's talk night annul weight. So these are the big boys, uh, but they can weigh up to 137 grams or five ounces. So you're you're right. An ounce is so big. An ounce, <laughs> five ounces make up 137 grams um, in weight. Yeah, ounce is a little bit too uh, too bulky of a of a smallest unit of imperial measurement. Yeah, like an inch. It's too big. So let's. Uh, how many night annuls go into the weight of the record number of cups of milk served by the Commercializadora la 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 Costa Rica SA in one hour. I copied and pasted this, not remembering that I would have to read it out you loud. You nailed it. <laughs> you sounded like it made uh, it. It means commercial commercialization. Commercializadora. How would you say that in a, in a real accent? Wait, 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 wait. What? Commercial. It looks like commercial is Adora. Comercializadora. Yeah. Comercializadora. There we go. Com comercializadora. Comercializadora. Okay. Commercialization. Uh, so, the commercialization. Lala. The, the, the company is Grupo Lala. Or Yaya. Jaja. You're having a rough time with this, huh? Uh, they, here's the hint. Grupo Lala is a dairy company that has been around for 65 years. The, re the record for milk cups served was achieved in January of 2019. And each glass had to contain at least 170 milliliters of milk. Wait, okay. Mil which is a milk cups served. Yeah, in an hour, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, in one hour. Okay. And it's the like a huge milk distributor. Yes. Okay. So each cup had to serve 
at least 170 milliliters of milk, which is less than a cup of milk. It's about 0.7 cups. I'm not even going to try. So what you're looking for <laughs> is the combined it. weight of all of the milk that was served and how many lizards go into it. I'm really concerned because I had to do so much conversion and like back and forth and like there was a lot of math and a lot of moving parts to this to the, to this math I did. So I'm really scared that the math is wrong. But if it's good, then I'll be proud of you. All right. So about three of these lizards, a little less than a little more than three. Sorry, go into one pound. And I'm assuming this is whole milk, by the way. Oh yeah. Well, that's gonna. I'm gonna have to change the standard deviation then. I'm sure whole milk is way heavier than like 2%. Um, yeah, sure. Um, not by a, an amount that I wouldn't understand or be able to account for. So <laughs> this major milk distributor sends out a bunch of milk cups in an hour, you said? Uh-huh. Serves it. I don't think they were on trucks or anything. Okay. So it's like an event. Yeah, I think so. Um, all right, well, let's go with 5,000. Pounds? No, 5,000 cups. Okay, how many pounds of milk is that? You said seven ounces, isn't it? Seven ounces. No, fi uh, it's five-ounce lizard. Yeah, no, you said seven ounces. Were the, <laughs> these cups were seven ounces, fluid ounces, right? 0 0.7 cups. Oh, 0 0.7 cups, and a cup is eight fluid ounces. So you have to estimate how many, yeah, how many fluid ounces go into, you have to convert to weight. Well, flu, I, I'm going to assume, having never actually thought about this before in my life, to my great embarrassment, that um, an ounce of, of weight is the same weight as a fluid ounce. Unfortunately, that's not the case. <sighs> Because a fluid ounce of something dense is heavier than a fluid ounce of something light. Fluid ounce is volume, not weight. Right. Yeah. I should have thought about that. Uh, you, I wish double, it was the case. double embarrassment for me. Um, all right. So I'm going to say that um, this was 3,000. No, I'm going to say this was 2,500 pounds worth of, worth of milk, which means that 2,500 times 3 is... 7,500, which is how many, um, how many anoles go into the weight of the milk that was served on that glorious, glorious day. So you think it's 7,500 anoles? Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. 73.53. No. How did you do that? <laughs> oh man. I don't know why I try. Why do I try? So like, just, just how many, based on your, like, it's 22,298 pounds of milk <laughs> or 1042.3 kilograms. I assume that there are 5,000 cups served. And then I just cut that number in half to get 2,500 uh, pounds. So I just, I assumed that each cup was half a pound. So half a pound. Yeah. For less than a cup of milk? I don't know how much. I've, I've picked up a cup of milk before. <laughs> it's less than a cup. 
Do you know, a cup of a liquid is like not a drink, not a barely enough for a drink. So I got the answer it's right. Like I got the answer cup. right. <laughs> you did, but like, oh my gosh, I just want to, I want to point out the fortune that was at play in this. Uh, <laughs> was was I, okay? I'm fine. I'll admit that I was, I was, I was in my head. I was imagining a full like glass of milk. It's about half a pound rather than the measuring cup of milk, which is a lot less, but whatever, you know, I don't, I don't like to show my work. <laughs> <laughs> no, a win is a win. I, I forget. What are we talking about? I forget what we're doing. I need, oh, a, yeah. I need a nap. Let's get into some. I, I need a warm pills. glass of, of half a pound of milk and, and I need to go to sleep. <laughs> Half a pound of milk. Oh, my gosh. Um, Tell us more about this lizard. So anyway, 7,000 annuls go into the amount of milk that was served that day. So let's talk fast facts. Dewlaps. Let's get back to dewlaps. We haven't talked about them enough. Dewlap is a perfect place. <laughs> dewlaps are used to signal several things for these lizards. They can signal to potential mates. They can deter predators, or they can uh, warn territorial rivals. Um, although, if something started like flaring out a little tuft of skin and I wanted to eat it, it wouldn't stop me. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, Dewlaps may also help them tell different species apart. So, several species look very much alike, except their dewlap color. So, if you see somebody, if you have an orange dewlap and you see somebody like flaring a purple dewlap you're gonna be like get out of my territory you're not my you're not my friend or at first you're just like hey look at that look at that stud over there yeah oh yeah and then he flares out a purple dewlap and he's like never mind oh a purple (laughs) (laughs) you look exactly like me except for that purple dewlap and i hate it it makes me (laughs) sick i want to i want to either attack you or run away (laughs) annuls are territorial Besides using their dewlaps, they may also bob their heads or do push-ups. To and you've seen this. I see this every this. day in my backyard. Uh, to to warn rivals, they do this little push-up display. They're literally doing push-ups. Imagine. I feel like that would intimidate other rival males, even if you're a human. Yeah. You know, like get, better stop talking. Look how many push-ups I can do. <laughs> stop talking to my woman. It just yeah. That's if when 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 you're in a gang and you uh, you encounter a rival gang. The- the best thing to do is definitely to just start working out to show, show them how. Annuls are bros. Yeah, they're they're bros. Yeah, they just they drink some creatine and do some push-ups. It's these really jerky push-ups too. It doesn't look like they're really working at it. It's just kind of like it looks so easy. It's like they're snap explosive. down, snap back up. Yeah, they explode. <laughs> <laughs> they explode. You can't, they're not they're not breathing with each one though, so they're not really making best use of their muscles. But whatever. Somebody get these guys a fitness coach. Well, if that doesn't work, they may fight it out by biting and vocalizing to fight off their rivals. If an annul is removed from their territory by a person, a child, putting it in a bucket and feeding it ants until it unfortunately dies. That never happened in real life. That's not something I'd ever did. Um, They are able to find their way back. And we aren't sure how to do that, how they do that. So if they're removed from their territory, they know they can homeward bound their way home. 
I don't know if that works over a period of like a, a distance of miles. <laughs> yeah, take it to another state and it'll find its way back. But if you remove it by maybe a football field, it can figure it out. Hmm. It's like a salmon. Or yeah. A carrier pigeon. Or monarch butterflies. Lots of animals. It's like the, we don't know if it's the magnetic field changes or. Their moms. They're just their memories. Yeah, or genetic memory. Mini maps. Yeah, mini maps. On their HUD. Google. Google um, <laughs> are opportunistic eaters, and they will pretty much eat anything that fit in their mouths. Most prefer small invertebrates like insects and spiders, but some species can eat small mice and birds. Oh boy! Some will eat, some will even drink nectar or fruit. So if you put out a hummingbird feeder. In lizard territory, you might attract anoles to it to drink that sweet, sweet water. Uh, speaking of water, water anoles prefer insect nymphs, so like little water <clears throat> water bugs, uh, which they hunt for in the water. Anoles hunt prey by sight and prefer, not by faith, and they prefer moving <laughs> prey. <laughs> These worldly carnal lizards. <laughs> They they prefer moving prey, and I don't know if you've ever seen this, but I've seen like a lizard chasing a beetle, and the beetle will stop, and the lizard will stop. It's like he hasn't gotten there yet, but if it's not moving, what's the point? Yeah, that seems um, counterintuitive, but maybe he thinks that if the beetle stops and he stops, then the beetle won't be able to see him. Oh, so maybe it's like oh he'll fly away if I. We don't know. We don't know, but they like to, They well, they'll also eat flowers, so they don't need them to always, it's their food sources to always be moving, but they seem to prefer moving prey. Um, they, if you look at uh, an anole with the, the naked eye, they may appear toothless, but they have very small pointed teeth that allow them to grab onto prey. I can attest to this but, because they've bitten my finger before. I, I was at a kid's birthday party when I was a kid. And he put uh, two lizards on his ears like earrings, and they were biting his earlobes. He's a he's a uh, he's a hero, a fashionista. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Setting uh, trends. I'm surprised Lady Gaga didn't strut down the the red carpet wearing lizard living lizard earrings. Seems like her I'm style. I'm sure that that um, animal rights activists would not like that. They're fine. They're getting them. What they think is a meal out of for, it. For servants. <laughs> it's animal slavery. Um, <laughs> well, it's not necessarily s- s- like forcing them to serve you. Because they can drop it's off really like, if they want. Yeah. It's like they just don't want to break their little legs. Uh, so only false uh, Cuban false chameleons have blunt molars because they specialize in eating snails. And they need to get through those shells. All, all the rest have very pointed teeth. Everything including spiders, centipedes, grasshoppers, snakes, frogs, birds, monkeys, mammals, uh, and Calvin uh, eat <laughs> eat anoles. He, he only eats uh, the, the lizard tails. That's true. He's a true connoisseur in that regard. Uh, water anoles avoid predators uh, through some interesting means, which we're going to talk about now. All right. It's time for the major facts. We are... I don't, actually, I don't know how far we are in the... So, I will I'll, I'll go quickly. 
so lizards tend to be pretty low in the food chain, as you mentioned. Everything eats them, including um, some of our uh, some of our listeners. Um, and unless you're an iguana, monitor lizard, gila monster, komodo dragon, you're probably lunch for a wide variety of predators. Um, so most lizards have two responses when they encounter a potential threat. They either run for cover or freeze in place. And since most predators can see something that's moving better than they can see something that's standing completely still, freezing is usually a good tactic. But if the predator relies on a sense other than sight, then there's that's not a good tactic. Um, and running can be a good option unless the thing you're running from can chase you into the in, into the cover, whether it's like a bush or a rolled up garden hose or or whatever. So uh, it usually doesn't help when um, another lizard is attacking you. So what is or the safe distance? Yeah, or a snake, um, or, or a grasshopper a with very thin, very small fingers. <laughs> yeah, very, yeah. To get that sweet, sweet chicken tasting goodness. Yeah, um, I'm glad that he uh, reported on what it tasted like, so that we don't have to <laughs> try figure it. it out. So the safest option. For the water knoll is to do what they do best, is go swimming. The water knoll usually darts for the nearest body of water when surprised or threatened. Um, and usually, because they spend a lot of their time on cave walls and things like that, they, uh, and with water underneath, they just let go of the cave wall and fall. Um, so, but diving into water is not uncommon for lizards, especially iguanas. What is uncommon is that they can stay underwater for up to 16 minutes. And how do they do this? Well, they take a page out of our friend the Diving Bell Spiders book. and They do their tables? Yes. You remember. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, they're not free diving because they take air with them. They bring a good, oh. good bubble of air with them when they dive. Like the Diving Bell Spider. Remember how it uses its hair to trap... Um, uh, air bubbles and then kind of creates a bubble under like a, a home bubble underneath the water um the the uh the water no will just will will dive in and it had its head is a very specific shape that allows uh for the bubble to act encase their their head and neck and throat um and if you're imagining a lizard with like this big bulbous like astronaut bubble around its head that's not what it looks like um it's it's a thin layer just over above its skin that you probably wouldn't even notice but it looks laminated yeah it's like it's a laminated um partially uh sparkly lizard head um but what you would notice is that when the anole reaches the end of its uh, exhaling, so it inhales and exhales. When, at the end of that exhaling process, the bubble on its between its eyes and above its nose spikes up from the top of its head like a unicorn or a Dilophosaurus, you know, the dinosaur that kills Nedry in Jurassic Park. Nedry, it, okay. Nedry was played by. Uh, Doesn't that it flares out to the side? Right. They well they so. In the movie, it has these like big frills that come out to the left and right, but it also has these these this ridge down the middle of its nose, and they they oh. also the the prevailing theory is that they didn't have the frills at all. Oh, um, the, but there is a lizard in real life that does. The, the, the ridge was 
is bone. So because Nedry was played by Wayne Wayne Knight, Knight yes, the guy who plays Newman in, in Seinfeld. That's why I called this Newman's Nightmare. <laughs> um, the whole so the whole exchange for breathing for the water and all is looks like one of those squish toys that randomly bulges out when you squeeze it hard enough. So like I, you can watch um, about three straight minutes of nothing but just this annul breathing underwater. So it'll it'll breathe in. You'll see its little rib cage um, expanding, and then it'll exhale, contract, and then at the very end of that exhale, it'll kind of like pop, and the bubble will, the the bubble will stick up out of its head, and then in, it breathes in again, and the bubble goes down. So it's kind of like this. Um, it's not like a smooth thing. It's a. It's like it's trying to push the air out of its nose until it like crosses th some threshold and just pops up uh, the, the bubble up. Um, a biologist actually recently discovered this a just a few years ago. Um, so they're still not exactly sure how this works. What they do know is that this, the lizard's skin is extremely hydrophobic, which means it harbors an irrational and debilitating fear of water. No, I'm just kidding. It actually means that it doesn't absorb water, and water droplets just like roll right off of it, like like your car. That's about all I can think of. Yeah, your car. Um, it doesn't get it doesn't get soaked in like your shirt or whatever. So that when water does get when it is surrounded by water, the water is separated by this uh, this veil of of air that the um, that the anole can expand and contract as it breathes. But what they don't know is how it gets new oxygen. Because it's down there for 16 minutes. It's a long time to hold your breath when you're, you have the tiniest lungs. They're not the tiniest. Maybe he makes a wish and counts to three. Come with me <laughs> and you'll be in a place with a lot of oxygen. Yeah, that would be great. He's the lizard of oxygen. <laughs> well, because by exhaling into its face bubble, it has to be filling it with CO2, CO2. which it re-inhales. So how is it able to breathe? It's like, imagine breathing into an empty Capri Sun pouch, which I, I've definitely done. <laughs> yeah. And uh, it just, it's contrary to what I thought, uh, it's not a source of infinite air. Uh, <laughs> if you, you, will, uh, you won't get very far. It's, I guess it's good if, if, the, if the null is hyperventilating. You're supposed to breathe in more <laughs> CO2 when you hyperventilate. That's why you breathe into like a paper bag. Um, but so the running theory is that the CO, the bubble can transfer CO2 out while transferring oxygen in between the water and the, and the air. Um, but like normal bubbles don't do this. So, uh, or very effectively at least. So they're still researching to find out what it is. Uh, my theory is on some sort of weird mucus. I think there's like a semi-permeable mucus that the that the anole secretes in order to make this happen. I have no basis whatsoever for that, but that's my <laughs> that is my theory uh, since it's such new research. Um, and like you said, they also eat uh, specifically aquatic insects, so they will dive underwater not only to evade predators but also to hunt. Cool. And that's all I got. It's the lizard that breathes underwater. You got anything else? That's all I got. All right. For you out there in Podcastia, that was the water and all. So cling to your rock. 
keep a sharp eye out, and always bring some air with you whenever you go underwater like the water and here in Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Hey everyone, Carlos here. Just wrapping things up this week by asking you for a huge favor. If you haven't already, we'd love it if you could subscribe to the show. Also, if you could leave a review on Apple Podcasts and even send up a Measure Up intro would be awesome. The great thing is, doing all three can take as little as five minutes and it helps us out a ton. Your support helps us reach more people in desperate need of interesting animal info, which is the best cure for a rampant disease I like to call interesting animal ignorance. Help us help others. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Life, Death, and Taxonomy is my favorite in the world podcast. (laughs) Woo! He breathes underwater, but he doesn't breathe water. He, they're breathing, and they're underwater. <laughs>